0: just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. You know, the whole aspect of recession, you know, I've been doing a lot of studying and reading, and um, one of the people that I have a lot of admiration for, he talks about what's going on in Europe right now as well as in China I mean Europe Russia has cut off the flow of oil. they cut off the pipeline and they're saying it's for maintenance issues but it doesn't take much to figure out underneath all of that what they're talking about is you guys are hurting us with your sanctions we want you to you know lift your sanctions so that we can Then then if you do that, then we'll have, you know, the oil. But then China on the other end, other part of the globe, they just locked down 60 million people uh, because of COVID. And why aren't they using vaccinations? I don't I don't get it, Jeremiah. I mean, it just seems like the the world for at least from that perspective, it looks like it's really causing a lot of chaos, right?
1: Yeah, the, the world is, um, they're not going nuts, that's too much to say, but but there's a lot of um, self-inflicted and neighbor-inflicted pain right. that we're having to deal with on top of you know the, the economic situ- situation we've been in. But as people are as we're walking through this, I think it's a great perspective to start with kind of the world of what's going on. And you've done a lot of reading on this and so have I, but I mean, I, I think the China one is just really interesting that, that I think I saw this last week that the, the CDC is lifting a lot of the U.S. regulations. Right. The big one being the six-feet six um, separation. And you compare that to China, who is doing another lockdown. Like, I think they said this last week, 60 million were locked down. Um, it, it's just interesting of, of whether or not there's a best policy or the best way to do it. I'm not sure. But China has a lot of self-inflicted pain that, that is
0: reverberating throughout the whole world. Right. You're listening to uh, Randy Barkley. I'm Randy Barkley, and that's Jeremiah Lee, and we're with Tricord Advisors. Uh, I'm a certified financial planner as well as Jeremiah is. Jeremiah also holds the distinction of being an attorney, and he helps our clients with some legal issues like estate planning and contractual law, business sale, and succession and such. We're here to help you make smart decisions about your money and when the sailing is smooth everything is fine but we're in turbulent waters right now we've kind of entered some times politically and economically where people are are a little bit more agitated a little bit more concerned about the future on a global perspective let's let's give you some information that i think is really important for you to get a hold of first of all the dollar is strengthening mm. what does that do for us as americans with our dollar when you take a comparison of our dollar with other currencies that means that we can buy things from other countries and it costs us less. Now, we've also got quantitative tightening. In other words, the treasury is not renewing and it it's rolling off at about $95 billion a month. Hmm. A lot of times that would cause more credit issues. In other words, liquidity. But what's interesting is that foreign dollars are coming in. They're coming in at the rate of equal to or greater than that 95 billion dollars so what does that do that puts liquidity back in the system and that foreign dollars they're not buying they're not just letting it sit in the bank they're buying bonds they're buying treasuries they're also buying stocks the other thing that's positive for the u.s is that we are energy independent we are not um we are not dependent upon some foreign nation to be able to provide our supply of energy the other thing, you know, uh, we just heard that Saudi Arabia this last week cut back their production. It was really a slap in the face to Biden. Biden went over there specifically to meet with Saudi Arabia and asked them to increase their production, not decrease. And what did they do? They cut back 100,000 barrels a day in oil. Now, a side note most people don't realize this, but US drivers, we have cut back our use of gasoline by almost 600,000 gallons a day. Because we're just driving less and we've made adjustments. So that cutback by Saudi Arabia really has no impact. The higher gasoline prices have had more of an impact than they can have on us right now. So from a global perspective, yeah, we got problems in, in the world, but in the United States, you know, the 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 census right now is that we're not going to move into a general recession, but we're going to have what is referred to as a rolling recession. In other words, different sectors of the economy are going to be affected differently over time. And as things kind of settle out, for example, right now, the, we look at the real estate um, construction, single family residences are starting to kind of slow down. So it's having an impact on that. But on multifamily, it's actually it's not only doing well, but it's actually speeding up. So we're seeing we're seeing some seesaw effects here based upon the different segments of the society.
1: Yeah, are we. Yeah, I, I really like the the funnel you have there. Talking about the the, the global, you know, the, the, this large piece, and how that relates back to where we are, where we are today. And the the interesting part that I see in all this is in, automatically as, as you're talking, I'm hearing, okay, well, is that good for us? Is that is that bad for us? And, you, know, you said the the dollar's strong. Well, that that's great for us as consumers, but when I think of small businesses that need to buy things or they need to sell things overseas. That becomes more expensive for exports. Right. And I think where you're getting down to, and I, right. I think it was a great funnel of saying it, it, it changes a little bit of who's going to be a winner, who's going to be a loser. And it's not just a small businesses or biz, big businesses. I mean, I think your comment that it, it's kind of rolling, it's, it's kind of sector by sector. And we're having you know some issues. Right. We're also going to see some real strength as well
0: as some real struggle, depending what part of the uh, economy you're in. I mean the general thought and consensus regarding interest rates because that's the thing that the federal you know we talked about last week Jerome Powell uh, said no we're going to increase interest rates we're going to go after inflation with a, with a much stronger attitude about it than what we've done in the past but also if you look at some of the key indicators inflation is coming down we're starting to see some key like for example used car sales uh, the price of cars is coming down uh, if you look at lumber prices some of the food products all these things are coming down so we're starting to see a general decline. Some of that has to do with the fact that we have a strong dollar. We're able to buy things, and it costs us less because of the strength of our economy versus our trading partners.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's a good moment to be in the United States. You know, right. we, we've talked about this before. Of, you know, there's, there's country pride, and there's excitement of where we are. There's also just the economic reality of um, you know, we are not experiencing the, the same levels of pain that other people are and, and, can, and will continue to. You know, we in Southern California were upset when our gas prices went over $6 a gallon. And that was difficult for a lot of people. But I also acknowledge, you know, some of the other places in the world, they're dealing with much more significant uh, results from where we're at. And um, I, the comment you made, I think, is really meaningful of the experience we have of, you know, there are small businesses that are really, really struggling. Uh, we we're just reading an article about, you know, spill who sell rugs or, you know, perform house cleaning services. You know, some of those industries are really tough, and they're a luxury item that people don't buy when they feel like things are tight, and or they're they're, they're fuel intensive. The most small businesswoman she was driving places and saying her costs were just going up exponentially as she was having to pay for fuel. So those industries are hurting. But then you look at Walmart or some of these other places that that they're having some some record moments of these great sales, and people who used to be shopping at other stores are now shopping primarily at Walmart, and that is good for Walmart. You know, it, it right. boosts for it. So in a you know in a global in a country in an industry and even to an individual uh, we're having just a diversity of experiences as we
0: deal with this and i think i think again what we have in the united states here that we have to really be be um cognitive of and that is unemployment is still low and Mm. we're still getting a lot i mean businesses are still looking for employees but the positive is is that wages are starting to level off in other words employers aren't having to compete as much as they did just even a few months ago and they're finding that employees are sticking they're 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 staying in their job and they're not they're not as mobile i guess is the best way to say that it's hard for an employer to hire somebody and then people don't even show up well we're we're hearing less and less of those kinds of uh, of issues and circumstances with uh, in with companies now right
1: yeah, which is a great step forward, right? I mean, hiring was right. Really, really tough, um, you know, six months ago, and the more people I'm hearing that they they found people, they found the people they needed. It's not perfect, right. it's not great. They're still you know dealing with some shortages, but generally they found the key spots they needed. And a part of it also is just the, the I think the American ingenuity, but I mean, the world ingenuity, human ingenuity, but um, of, of people shifting. There's a number of folks who would never have had online employees. And now they have stepped to that. They've brought people in that are remote workers and found great resources. I mean, just, you know, anecdotally for myself, you know, our company probably four years ago would not have had remote workers, whereas now we have folks that that do work remote on a regular basis. My sister even- uh, It it would have been- It would have been
0: been a- Yeah. It would have been very hard for me to uh, agree with that that whole concept four years ago. Now I'm much more- I accept it because that's just the way it is right now. Yep, And, and the talent pool that we have access to is useful.
1: And, and that's something that we didn't have before. Right. And I'm starting to say my, my sister is just has a job now that she's completely remote. And that's a new dynamic you know, for her. And it's a great job and it's a great future. But it, it allows some freedom that, that didn't exist a few years ago. And I think small employers are dealing with that. They're finding new ways um, to be ingenuitive and to fill the needs they have and hopefully it gives us a stronger society and a stronger community on the the back end
0: yeah and i think the kind of jobs i think kind i mean we we want to kind of focus on how the economy is affecting different kinds of companies and there are companies particularly small businesses that that were created because of covid and they they developed a product that they could sell over the internet or as a service base or as kind of a ancillary product that that was really good I mean I mean a prime example much larger situation like Peloton Peloton you know everybody Mm -hmm. was locked down they wanted to get these these bikes these stationary bikes in but now that COVID has has it's not as severe as it was people don't feel like they have to be isolated and locked up in their home well Peloton sales have just fallen off they've plummeted because people say no I want to be outside I want to be inside But this is going on a much smaller scale this is going to a lot of companies that develop products and all of a sudden as we move into this 2022 as we mature into this year it's really hurting these small businesses because they're providing a product that isn't need-based it is a want-based right consumer discretionary
1: right and peloton i think will always exist that's a great example it will always exist but the 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 height at how popular they were and how expensive things were and that the money that was flowing into the right. factories they were building. I, I think you're right. I think we've turned a corner and they will not be this, this colossal right. phenomenon, you know, but rather they'll, they'll be a company. they will be, you know, one more company that produces a product, but it's not going to be the the future that at one point was projected for them. And um, we're, we're shifting and like, there'll be winners and losers. And, you know, a lot of like, when we do investing, we're not, we're not here to, you know, Pick this one and bet the farm. You know we're here to say, you know, we want a a broad um, connection of all the companies, and we want to participate as you know. There are winners, and we want you know to the extent available, avoid the losers. But acknowledging that we're here to ride the whole economy and not just pick individual companies.
0: I think that what we want to do is have a little bit more conversation about how this breaks down to people that are entering into retirement. If this is a if you've just entered into retirement Mm -hmm. or you're just approaching it, so when we come back. Uh, Jeremiah and I want to talk more about how do, you, how do you take money out? How do you invest your money? How do you do some things so that you secure your future? Because this is just a moment in time. And for most of our clients, it's going to be a 20 or 30 year um, timeline as far as receiving income from their retirement accounts. So when we come back, we're going to spend a little bit more time digging down into retirement aspects. So again, um, come on back.
2: 8371.
0: Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services
2: offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM590, the answer.
0: Welcome back. This is uh, Jeremiah Lee and Randy Barkley. And we're going to be talking in this particular segment, we're going to be talking about how do you retire in a in a very volatile stock market time I mean this is a this is a time when people just stepping into retirement or have been in it for just a little bit and all of a sudden you see all this volatility and what do you do right Jeremiah yeah what do you do well and and this is I think pertinent for a lot of people
1: because retirement you can flex it by a couple years right there's there's some people who retired early because of COVID items there's some people who will keep working a couple years but for the majority of folks, you know, within a couple of year time window, that's your retirement period. And if you walk into that retirement period um, and the, the economy's down, you have some choices. The hardest, and this is kind of what we're talking about, is when you make the decision to retire. You do it. You say, Yep, this is a good moment, you retire, and then the economy tanks. You know, and 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 what was this nest egg that you say you had, you know, six hundred thousand dollars, you know, million dollars in a nest egg and said, This is gonna get me through. You did the math, you figured it all out. And then all of a sudden the economy tanks and that number is shrinking and at the same time you're having to take out money to to live and that that's the dynamic that is the scariest for most retired folks
0: right and i think again looking back at it every household is different you know we we deal a lot with this with clients and we have a lot of clients who are just entering into retirement so we try to fix Period of time, or set aside enough money so they have a cushion to go into that early stages of retirement. But there are some things that happen within the market, like what we've had over this last year or so, that that people are very fearful of. Are they going to run out of money? And the issue is, there's the first thing we want to tell people: don't panic. Yeah. Don't make drastic changes and decisions. Uh, but also, there's a methodology to how you. You decrease your risk, but then you start to increase your exposure over time, right?
1: Yeah, right. There, there's a number of things we'll, we'll get through, but and the, don't panic. I think that's the just the best one to blaze in on people's minds. The worst, the worst option would be to retire, have the market fall, get worried, see the market fall further, and then sell everything and move to cash to say I can't take it. Right. Well, you've yeah. just accepted all those losses and you've avoided all future gains. I mean that that is a really tough moment. And, Part of I think the benefit of having an advisor in your life is, is someone is to say, okay, this is the long-term picture. It's scary now. It's hard now, but this is the long-term picture. So one, one option is the one you just mentioned is, is there's a number of advisors who will have you go into very low risk assets for the first three or four years of retirement, you know, either high bonds or even cash at times and have your equity portion maybe be 20% of your portfolio, very slim. But then as you get further into retirement, They start increasing that equity portion, which seems backwards to a lot of people. The idea being the number of years to stretch your money is decreasing as you're getting older. And your ability to take on some of this risk, now that you've got through those first years, um, it it, it increases. So, the increase your equity portion is a great way. Another way that I, I like a lot is to just think of it, and this is probably what you're saying a little too, as Randy is, think of it in different buckets. And so, one option is say, say, zero to 15 years is one bucket. And then you know 15 to 30 years is the next bucket well that 15 to 30 year bucket that can invest it you don't have to worry about that that's you're not going to use that money for years whereas the the first bucket you need be more conservative because you start using it we we don't have that big a bucket so we'll often do a a two-year bucket um and a three-year bucket and a, and, a, and a greater bucket and that allows those smaller buckets in the future to have a greater risk because you're not going to touch them for a long time but you have that stability in those first few buckets and everyone's different you know so it kind of depends on your total lifestyle
0: yeah and everybody like you said everybody's different what what i have found a lot and this is something that is very common and i i I think it's a really strong common denominator denominator is that when you step into retirement you don't have any installment debt remaining so if it's possible Mm. you know i look we look at a lot of different scenarios and case studies and we find that people that carry a mortgage into retirement, it creates more instability in their cash flow because that, that requirement, their house is not paid for, therefore they have to continue to make that house payment. The other one too, which we can talk more about, but that is you delay your, in other words, work long enough and you delay your social security benefits to a older age. If you can go all the way to age 70, albeit great. But a lot of people say start pulling that Social Security benefit too early, and they end up accepting a much larger payout for the rest of their life.
1: Mm. Yeah, much much lower payout over time. Yeah, the, and I think if, if, if clients don't have the mortgage paid off, you know, it's not the end of things. It, it, it's just a huge right. benefit that gives them a lot more freedom um, to decide how they spend their um, their funds. The other aspect, similar to the, the installment, now is is the the cost that they can control. So if, if they're retired and the economy goes, well, let's get the new kitchen. Let's, let's get the new roof. Let's do the things they wanted to do. If The economy goes down to say, okay, we need to wait a couple of years on these. Wait for the economy to recover before we start pulling out those extra funds. And, and that's a, a controllable cost. My favorite, and I think yours as well, is we have clients that have done the maintenance of the home over time. and They get to a point where they're retiring and their house is paid for and it's updated the way that they'd want it. You know, that is a really great place to be retiring into. Um, it's not possible for everyone, but that's a really good spot.
0: Yeah, I mean, right now we're working with a client who wants to retire, and there's 11 years difference between him and his, and his spouse. And uh, he's at full retirement age. That means he can receive the full benefit from Social Security. But the medical cost for his wife after he steps into retirement mm. is a real expense that they have to deal with. So one of our suggestions to them is uh, he works for the company that has already expressed a desire for him to stay on as a consultant after his full retirement date. He's reluctant to do that. He feels like he's going to be sucked back into the, the full-time work, but only get paid part-time wages. And I said, no, you have to set your boundaries and your parameters, but the benefit of showing it in the plan is that just that additional dollars allows them to be able to transition while she reaches, gets closer to that age of, of Medicare age because medical expenses are a real expense and they're continuing to rise for most households. So like you're saying, every household's different. Everybody has a different outcome. The question is, is how do we structure the assets and the income flow and the expenses? What's the buckets? How are we filling the buckets? How we use those? That that has a big... Um, you know, it's the leverage that you want to your advantage as you step into retirement, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And, and for a lot of folks, they think investing. I need to get my investing better. And that, that's true. I mean, that's, that's a big part of what we do is the actual investing. But I feel like that, that planning piece that you just spoke about, that, that planning piece is, is so significant to build the confidence, especially when you have a married couple, to build that confidence between them to say, we're going to be okay. Right. We know what the variables are. We know where our risk is. Because if you don't know exactly where it is, the risk just feels like it's everywhere. And there's just this uncertainty and angst. But when you can narrow down and say, oh, no, no, this is our risk, it's right here, then we can deal with it. And, and emotionally, I feel like clients can deal with it. So that's, in my mind, that's, that's the two-pronged piece of, you have to have the good investments, of course, but the planning that goes with it is what gives you the confidence to stay the course when, when the going gets tough. And that, that, that's, a, that's a big part of building that confidence.
0: And I mean, obviously, managing debt and having adequate money sitting in cash accounts and buckets that you can draw from and be able to stabilize you through these periods of time without dipping into, like you're saying earlier, you don't want to sell assets that have already reduced in value. And then it, it, it really does hamper your overall return you know, and the value of your assets down time. You need to give, you got to give yourself time and you got to give yourself time and allow assets to go through their their normal ebbs and flows. Again, you've been listening to Randy Barkley, Jeremiah Lee. We're with Tricord Advisors. We're a registered investment advisory firm, and we're here to help you make smart decisions about your money.
1: If you missed any part of this episode, you can catch the full thing on our website,
0: www.retirementunlimited.com, or you can catch us on YouTube. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. California license number 0518567 and Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm.
2: Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health and like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.